Think only of me. Gaze upon me, Jesus tells us. This is a teaching by Lourdes Pinto to the Love Crucified community, November 9, 2023. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I consecrate this teaching to our Most Holy Mother. And as we enter more and more, she teaches us how to live as one heart with her in her cloister. I dedicate this teaching through her to the Most Holy Trinity that this teaching inspired totally by our triune God, bring glory to him and aid in our continued transformation into the image and likeness of God. Amen. Well, I'm teaching you tonight from my heart. (laughs) So I'd like to begin with some words the Lord gave me last week. And I'd like to share them with you because in this message from the Lord, he gave me a practice to do as the Lord is forming us really in the summit, the last stage of the simple path to union with God, what it means to live in the cloister of Mary's heart, in the embrace of the silence of the Most Holy Trinity. And so I found this practice to be um, so challenging for the formation of my heart, and at at the same time, such a blessing that I knew, like everything, that the Lord has me teach you from the way he teaches me. So he began by saying this, I am making all things new. Then he went on to say, my little one, you will soon be confronted with much suffering, suffering you have never experienced before. It will be a time of great difficulty, but I am with you, never to leave you. I will remain with you and my little mustard seed to be your strength. Enter great silence and interior stillness in me. And in this way, my grace will sustain you. Begin to forget about yourself and try to think only of me and my passion of love. As I continue to suffer present in the Eucharist, I think only of souls and pleasing my Father. My gaze never leaves you. 
try to mortify your flesh so that more and more you think only of me and pleasing our Father as one with me in the cloister of Mary's heart. This practice will help you greatly during the time of great suffering that approaches quickly. Okay, I'm going to stop there. And I'm going to share with you, as I began, I mean, the Lord is giving this after bringing us into the cloister. And in the retreat we just had, beginning to enter silence in a way that's new, I think, to all of us. All the different levels of silence that the Lord is revealing to us. So I began this challenge to think only of my Lord and his passion. And it's a constant silencing of that interior voice. It's a constant struggle with myself in so many things we begin to be attentive to that are taking place within us to focus only on the Lord. But on the day after this message, I felt the spirit move my heart to go to the gospel of John chapter 13. And here begins a profound living the words that our Lord had just given me to think only of him and his passion of love. I've spent now a week and a half solely on this one chapter. So I'd like to begin towards the end of chapter 13 of John verse 21, where it says he was troubled in spirit, meaning Jesus And testified, truly, truly, I say to you, one of you will betray me. Those few words, troubled in spirit, became my entire focus for days. From the formation that the Lord has given us, into his sacred heart, into coming to know his pain, his sorrows, and teaching us how through our own sorrows, we enter his sorrows to experience his love in his pain for souls. Those words troubled in spirit that are written on the page of my Bible. It's as if the spirit drew me through those words troubled in spirit into the sacred heart of Jesus. And it's as if I could feel, experience in the depth of my soul what those words actually meant 
what was actually taking place in the heart of our beloved. Right before this scripture, they're in, it's the, the Last Supper, and Jesus has washed their feet, and he knows that Judas is going to betray him. And it's as if, at first, my humanity was thinking, troubled in spirit, the pain of the piercing of being betrayed by your brother, your family member, your, you know, his, this was his inner circle of friends. And then I realized Troubled in spirit, the greatest pain, the greatest grief of the heart of Jesus was not the pain he was feeling in his humanity of betrayal, but was actually the pain of his brother, of his son, of his beloved one, Judas. The agony troubled in spirit that the Lord was living with his community. He was receiving. He was in agony for the soul of Judas. And then he says to him, after he gives him the morsel, he says, What you are going to do, do it quickly. Verse 27. And then the Lord had me, like, enter the gaze. How did the Lord look at his betrayal? The one betraying him. When the Lord said those words, those few words to Judas... It's as if I could enter into the gaze of Jesus Christ as he has taught us through the simple path. The gaze of tenderness and mercy. What is the gaze of Christ of tenderness and mercy? It is the gaze of what he told us, which is his agony of love. He explained his agony of love to us in one short sentence. It is the consuming fire of divine love and the groans of excruciating sorrows. That's the gaze of divine love. That is the gaze of how Jesus, I feel in my heart, was gazing and speaking to Judas. So then we go a minute. I'm going to skip to the end of chapter 13 because it's as if there's two bookmarks. On one end is the betrayal. And then it chapter 13 ends with Jesus foretelling of Peter's denial. So it ends with Jesus saying, In verse 
38. Truly, truly, I say to you, the cock will not crow till you have denied me three times. So again, the Lord is dealing with abandonment, being denied by Peter, our first Pope, his beloved Peter. And again, for days, my, my meditation was the gaze of the Lord, his tenderness in mercy. And I had to go to our, our new silence manual to the silence of the senses, part three. And I began to review that again, the silence of the senses. And I meditated on these words from the Lord that's in this document. From August 8th, I mean, yeah, August 4th, I'm sorry, 2018. I'm not going to read the whole message from the Lord, but I'm just going to read a few words. Here Jesus is speaking about our Blessed Mother. And he says, her tenderness is manifested in her silence as the love and mercy of God radiate from her gaze. Her gaze is the gaze of God. And her gaze has the power to penetrate the darkness of Satan. God the Father desires that you each, that each of you become the gaze of Mary upon the earth. And then I asked the Lord, well, how, how do we become the gaze of Mary? It's always my white question. How do we do this, my Lord? And then he explains to us, the eyes are the window of the heart. And it is I who dwell in your hearts. And towards the end of that message, he says, allow my merciful love to radiate through your gaze through the power of silence. As I pondered and entered into the gaze of the Lord, and he goes on to tell us in the silent document I put together for you in 2013. Maria, this is the next page. One short sentence, he says, watch me. Gaze into the eyes of love, and I will be your strength to persevere in love. Well, 10 years later, he's telling me the same thing this week. And he was showing me, teaching me, giving me the grace to penetrate his gaze of love. And what was I encountering all this week as I was gazing at him? his tenderness and mercy at those who betrayed him and abandoned him. His gaze of mercy was drawing me into my own heart to confront my inability to love in this way. As I gazed 
at his tenderness and mercy, I was confronted with the judgments that are in, in my heart, the criticisms, all the different layers of ugliness, of darkness within my own soul and heart that keep the gaze of God radiating from my eyes. And that was actually a beautiful experience because the Lord always brings us in order to be humble, to always confront the truth of our misery and not hide it, but expose it and bring it to him. So my prayer all week has been, my Lord, grant me the grace to love in this way. So what happened in between in the scriptures in between these two bookmarks, in between betrayal and abandonment and denial. It's really amazing what takes place on verse 31 through 35. Right after Judas leaves, look at what the Lord says. Now is the Son of Man glorified. And in him, God is glorified. In the midst of this pain, of this grief, of the agony of love, of the sacred heart of Jesus, he enters joy. The joy of knowing, the joy of entering, beginning his passion. For love. And I thought, wow. (laughs) At the same time, I felt this is when Jesus enters also the deepest state of what we know through Conchita of our Blessed Mother, his solitude, la soledad. He's abandoned by his community. He's, he's betrayed. He knows he's entering the cross. And then he, the, the ultimate, um, soledad on the cross. And yet it is in the desolation, in the desolation that Jesus Christ says, and now the son of man is glorified. Why? How could he do this? And I realized through this pondering, it's because the Lord as a man also was feeling the piercing of being betrayed and abandoned or else he wouldn't be fully man. Yet the love of the other was even greater. And that's our transformation from self-love, self-centeredness to the love of the other. That's a victim soul. So the salvation of Judas and, and all his buddies and all of us was his greatest desire, the cross. 
And I realized that's how our retreat in 2021 ended on the spirit of poverty. At the core of the spirit of poverty is what? I have allowed the Holy Spirit to, to, to heal me, to deliver me, to empty me, to silence my, my interior talk, to silence my senses, to silence my self love. And there is the desire of the other, a total gift of self. And there's the fire that the Lord wanted. So he is able to live the grief and the joy as one. That's what it means to be a true Christian. And I thought, wow, how beautiful each of us when we enter periods in our life of desolation. And I was, I, I started to listen to the fifth retreat talk, which was the silence of the heart in desolation. And I started in my own desolation, in my own solitude. I started to pray as one with the words of Christ. Now I am glorified in Christ. And in him, in Abba. It's as if there is the union of the victim with the victim. There is the hope, the glorification the perfect gift of self through Christ with him and in him, the perfect living host to the father through the heart of our blessed mother. And then comes verse 34, the new commandment. And the Lord says, love one another, even as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And what did the Lord say to us? It's in our, our manual of silence on 42721. Again, I won't read it all, but some things. He explains to us our formation is how to get to the point that that commandment becomes a reality of our life. That we truly can love one another the way that the Lord loved us. That when someone betrays me and someone hurts the heck out of me, I can look at that person because I've processed the anger. I've processed the resentment. I've processed the discouragement. And we enter the pure love. And I can look at that person with pain and love, tenderness and mercy. Then I'm loving as Christ has loved me, as Christ has loved us. And this is how he taught us. You are feeling the weight of my sorrows for humanity. Love is not known. Love is not loved. I am the way to learn how to love according to God's will. If every soul kept their gaze on me as they suffer, they would learn how to love the way I have loved them. 
a love full of compassionate mercy and patience, a love slow to anger and rich in kindness, a love that cries with each soul as I suffer with every soul. I desire every soul to find me and encounter me in their personal suffering. I am alive and present in every human suffering. And then he ends by saying, Teach every soul how to gaze upon me in their suffering to encounter love. There is no other way to love me as I have loved you. And I realize this week that this scripture in John 13, the Lord has been teaching us through the simple path. He has come from heaven to guide us to form his little victim souls on how to live the beauty of this new commandment he gave us. So what a joy, my family. What a joy. We have been blessed immensely, immensely. So I just want to end because I didn't read to you the best part, which is the last sentence of the message. And that is also, I found in the scripture in John. The Lord ends by saying, now he's speaking personally to me, but he has said this many times to all of us, right? He has, so he says, know that I love you and am pleased with your response to my voice. You will be with me in heaven to live for all eternity in the glory of God. Persevere. Now, this promise he's given to all of us many times. But as I began to look at chapter 14, guess what the beginning of chapter 14 is? It's the ending of the message. What does Jesus tell his buddies, his best friends, his brothers, his community after he already tells Peter he's going to deny him and the other ones already left to betray him. And, you know, they're all broken just like we are. And they don't have it together just like we don't either. And this is what the Lord says to them. And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may also be heaven. And I thought, wow, the Lord hasn't changed. The way he's speaking to us, the way he's forming us in love crucified as his victim souls for the church for this time is the same. So those words of scripture to all of a sudden receive them as truly the voice of God speaking and telling us, because we all we have to do is persevere. And Peter ended up giving his life. They all went to heaven. And we don't know about Judas, but we know all the other ones did. And that's what the Lord is telling us. 
because a victim soul, we have given our fiat to be totally his. And the way we get there is how he's been forming us. It's that constant purification, all those levels, interior life. This work of a victim soul of love, of union with God, of gazing into feeling, living in his sacred heart. This is life, interior life that's fecund, that brings life to others, that transforms us. The kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. Sound familiar? (laughs) So I end with this as, as an encouragement, um, for, for you this week also, as we learn to live in the cloister. God bless you. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified Community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.